Welcome to the Fat Cats Rugby Podcast, bringing you candid rugby conversations, great interviews and insights into Ugandan rugby, and a touch of rugby in Africa and the world over. Fat Cats Rugby Podcast is a product of Fat Cats Media Brand for all your audiovisual content needs and equipment hire. Hope you enjoy this episode. All right, welcome to another episode of the Fat Cats Rugby Podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Something has just dropped from the sky, um, I, and it has found where it needs to be. This is your Zedwin, ah, my legends guy. Ah, <laughs> my allegiance with Cobbs ended a long time ago. Ended a long time ago. Bruno, uh, looking what? at the fabric and the color of this jersey and everything, doesn't it look? It looks like it would look good on you. What Zero. do you think? I've never <laughs> been a blue person. You're Not even like, blues. Even in your previous life. <laughs> I don't even get Monday blues. Yeah. Hey. Uh, okay, but uh, ideally you need to don that, but hey. we shall do that after the break. However, um, my name is Ruben Kihumuro, um, Edwin Wawiri, and uh, Bruno Akampa, the man that loses bets, is here. So if you're ever betting and, and Bruno is on your side, know that that bet is dead. Yeah, um, and with us today... Uh, we have Daniel Abasa, another man who's probably uh, trying to heal from the weekend, but we'll hear from him about how his weekend was <laughs> and like how for, he was able to... I came to... for therapy. Mm-hmm. therapy. <laughs> <a> therapy session. <laughs> uh, Daniel, welcome. Yes. Thank you very much. Mm, how I'm was the weekend? Tell us, how was your experience of the weekend? We know that uh, King's Park was there. We've had people that complained that uh, you guys instructed uh, all the people there, the beautiful ones, especially not to interact with anyone because of the loss. <laughs> no. Was it a, they were saying it was a gloomy experience. No, I think how even the ladies themselves were having a very bad day. Themselves, so I don't think it was us who decided for them. A very welcoming group of people at King's Park. Mm. The weekend was up and down. Was up and down, but mostly down. And, uh, <laughs> we wake up and we, we try again. I believe yeah. that's the idea. We are now in the middle of this new week. What is your biggest recollection about that? About the weekend for you? About that game in particular? Yeah, there are too many. You see, when you lose, especially the big ones, mm. you tend to think about every section of the game. And of course, with hindsight, a lot of things. Kind of, you always think, what if this had happened, or how can we correct this or the other? But mm. as I had noted earlier during the week, um, yeah. when I was on radio, games with Pirates and Cobbs have been known to be games of fine margins. So it's always the small, minute details that cause someone to win or someone to lose. If you remember last year at Chadondo, at uh, Legends, it was a no-con by Derek Kwasibwe. This year it was again a no-con by Alex. Both times the teams were in a sin bin. Both times it was time was up. Mm. Uh, last year when we were at Kings Park, remember Redo kind of I don't know it was wind. People said we have our own wind, but there was wind and the ball fell, and then <laughs> we got a penalty which Magomu then converted. So it's always those very fine details. So I wouldn't pick one part of the weekend to say this was the highlight of it. But all in all, it was a good game of rugby. For neutrals, they must have had a lot of fun watching that game. Okay. Um, Edwin, uh, you were with me. You, you, you usually say, you've actually just said right now, 
that your allegiance with Cobbs ended a long time ago. But in some of the clips that we are, we, we have on social media, <laughs> you are very happy. So I don't understand. It wasn't in the Cobbs stance. Claude was pinching me. You didn't cover the other side of the video. Claude had pinched me and said, stay here. Mm. <laughs> and then for one odd reason, no, another I was putting on a blue jersey. I also don't know what happened to me that they are supposed to put on yellow, but... I really need a wardrobe makeover. I need some more yellow clothes in my wardrobe. But um, yeah, that one ended. It's a chapter that I put behind me. I'm now a yellow man. And yeah, it's just uh, unfortunate as pictured in uh, with people who are celebrating a small, small win. But anyway, regardless. Yeah, I'm going to ask you to just raise that microphone a little bit. So yeah. it points above. But anyway, uh, Bruno. Yep. You you have been trending for a few days, and on Saturday, you are you are looked for by very many people, to the extent that you you pretended to overbe in the team talk down with the team for like two hours. You didn't want to leave the pitch because you didn't want to face people. Tell us how the rest of your Saturday night was. I I wasn't pretending to be in the team talk. I always go anyway, even after winning. Um, but it was a tough one. I I reached KPA early in the morning, mm. like at, like at nine, okay. and I left at nine thirty. So I was there for like twelve and a half hours. Uh, I wanted to watch the other games, the Sailors, Black Pearls, but immediately after the Black Pearls win, mm. malaria caught me. Okay, unique. Mm-hmm. It had never happened to me. Was it <laughs> I, malaria? Or it was, was because of the, the situation. Mm. I hadn't taken beer. Mm. I couldn't take it because it's Lent. Uh, I was like, no. And you didn't even give us uh, weekend girlfriend. Zero. Bits. Zero. Included. I, I took over. <laughs> yeah, we took over. I also dropped some weekend boyfriend. <laughs> yes. From the woman's uh, point of view. I got malaria and just went to the bush. <laughs> I watched the game alone if you guys saw me. Yeah. I, I was at some point. Then Joseph Oyet came. Mm. I pushed again. He just told me, go jump for pressure. But it was a nice game. Mm. Started off well, of course. Uh, Pirates tries coming through. Uh, it was a nice game for Alex Atrinda. Uh, for all the games he has played. Uh, he hasn't played, I think, two games. He was away for two weekends because of exams. But he has been the highlight of almost every Pirate Pirates game he has started. Mm. Um, some life, but then uh, the Cobbs were fine, to be honest. The attack was was way, way up there. Pirates were also attacking very well, but at some point, now Pirates faced a better defense than Cobbs were getting. Um, which to me explains the flair that, that Casito made with the runs from all the way from the back. Then he has to float to almost in the in the opponent's box. Mm. Um, at the end of the day, uh, I think the boys that made a nice, a better decision, and also not give up up to the end, took the game. Ian Munyani's try. Uh, you can realize if you've watched the clip of or remember the build up to that try, mm. it was all brilliance from the start, away from the back. Um, of course, it made the fine wine, Lawrence Wakavi, mm. who 
who made me think about the last time um Conrad Wanyama missed a tackle. Mm. I don't even remember. That explains how fine Wakabi is and how uh, I was in some group where uh, a guy was talking about was amazed by Wakabi playing rugby that he was playing in Senior 5 when he was in Senior 5 in 2006. Mm. He still plays it. He yeah. doesn't give up. 80th minute. Uh, if I, I, I can even bet my money he would still play the, the other minutes that we witnessed are the extra minutes that we had in Uganda Cup. You'd have played it's, them. It's just so good. So, nice build-up to that try. Uh, it made a captain, of course, who is also good. Ian, you also credit, of course, Juko for that offload, which was timely. Just offload. It's a super rugby offload. Offload even when you are being tackled to the right guy and he makes a run. So... The ugly thing about I see you holding a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like you're cold. It was, to give you an extra it was shirt. so ugly. Uh, <laughs> even after the game, of course, I went to console my players and all, but I remembered. Hey. I lost the wager. Lost the wager. And now, even after during the team talk, looking around in the stand, everyone was looking for me. Dexter was leading the gang. <laughs> he was fighting for for his jersey to be one even that very day. Mm. was telling me, man, wear my jersey. It fits you, I'm sure. Eh? Same size. <laughs> wear it now. Bring your phone. Ah, like, let's mm-hmm. first relax. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, let's just talk a little bit about the Fred and Winnie BNB. Yeah. Um, looking at the compound, the serenity of all this and uh, how beautiful the place has been. I mean, Edwin, just walk us through what people really need um, to know about the Fred and Winnie BNB um, for this time period, what they can book as we're entering March. I mean, Women's Month, Women's Day, what can what offers the women should look out for? Just walk us through that. Yeah, um, time to show a woman some love. Uh, this uh, Women's, women's uh, March Month where... The women can be able to uh, be vis- hosted at uh, Fred and Winnie BNB. As uh, Ruben always says, it's a standard 10 room uh, facility with plenty of uh, amenities involved, like uh, the kitchen with the chef. Uh, we, we, we soon will upload the chef doing his David Denison Bachi kind of thinly sliced done. Yeah. With time, <laughs> yeah. Um, the as- aspect of parking is also important and security. There's plenty of security around the residence where you are most certainly safe and secure with uh, 24-hour surveillance and uh, security man at the gates. Um, I think another thing that is very important is the aspect of uh, the peace and serenity. Don't let that border noise fool you. On the other side of the of the residence, there is plenty of uh, serenity where you could have uh, access to the gardens and have a seat, uh, drink your favorite coffee, catch up with your favorite newspaper, catch up on your online uh, business. Uh, there's plenty of fauna in the gardens, a lot of plants and uh, flowers that give you a touch of uh, a serene environment as opposed to the hustle and bustle of Kampala City. And then also the hosts themselves are very accommodative and friendly. And you have uh, staff who cater for all your needs at the same time. 
power backup system that can always um, help you continue your operations, work, your relaxation. You know how women can be. And then maybe lastly is that there is also a Wi-Fi supply that can always adequately uh, accommodate your internet needs. Yeah, definitely. We will be having the contact information that you will need on the screen. And also for those listening in, it will be in the description. So just get in touch and get um, get those, those offers, especially with Women's Day and Women's Month coming around. Treat a woman to something nice. Treat um, that lady in your life. And as you see, we are back from the, the, the advert. Uh, isn't he smart, guys? Looks he looks terrible. smart. He's very blue. He's dapper. You bleed blue. I've never felt this weird in my life. <laughs> I've never felt <laughs> weird looking at you like this in my life. Bro. <laughs> you feel, you feel, you feel like I hope this footage is cut like out. I feel like being swallowed by the ground, man. <laughs> <laughs> They'll disinfect you. They'll, they need to disinfect you on Saturday at King's Park. Uh, Take all those pests of cobs off you. 1963. Yeah. Even before in our right after independence. That's <laughs> yeah, guys are old. Anyway, uh while Bruno is sitting there looking very, very smart, um Edwin, uh the one thing we talked about prior to the to the ad was um Lawrence Wakavi. Mm. Um yourself and me, we have had the, the opportunity to actually watch him from high school. What are your thoughts about um Lawrence Wakabi, having seen him on the weekend and uh, knowing what he was capable of. Yeah, um, I think I'll go back to when the first time I saw him, where he, um, I think at the beginning, was it the game against Mongas, where he was listed on uh, the team sheet for Cobbs as a sub. And I was like, oh, okay, this guy is really back. This is odd. This is this is something unique. Mm. And I think there was a game, I think I was going to watch a Hidden's game. And I was like, I wish I could have passed by what? Mm. Uh, Legends to pass this guy. Because he has all these kind of memories about him in the way he used to play and the like. So seeing him on the team sheet at uh, Kings Park uh, was, was also something, brought some nostalgia mm. for guys who actually had uh, a glance at him. Uh, I think... Uh, first time I saw Wakabi play was in 2005. Yeah, I'm that old. <laughs> 2005, the, I think in the British High Commission 7s, where... Um, in Senior 5? Senior ah, five. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not, that old. Old. not that old, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Wakabi was in Senior <laughs> 4 at the time. Uh, and uh, this was... I don't think there was a seven circuit that year, but that's was the highlight of all the sevens activities mm. British High Commission I don't know why it was called that perhaps it was hosted or sponsored by the High Commission of uh, Britain um, the first memory we had was that uh, the first game I think Namiyango played in that tournament was against was against Mark and uh, the matchup that was building up at that time was uh, Will Wakabi, will Wakabi outpace uh, Felix Rubega? And one of the unique things about that game, if I remember, let me see, Walakira was the number nine, Kamanyiri was the ten, I think Barasa was the center. Mm. And then, uh, what's his name? Wakabi was on the wing. The forwards, if I'm not mistaken, was Joel Anguyo, I think Kagezi, God rest his soul, and then 
there was a guy who was in Wakavizia as well called Josh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, those are the guys who started that game. Uh, so if if I remember correctly, it's a long time ago, but there was an opportunity where Wakavi got the ball in the middle. I think I, it could have been a switch or something. Mm-hmm. And then the matchup had all been waiting for ha- what was going to happen. So Felix had to chase uh, Wakavi. And Wakavi at the time, the, the word that goes around was that he he had started rugby, but he was he had his fears. You know, when you start, yeah. you still fear playing also on the main team and whatever. And uh, so that was the tagline at the time that how is Wakabi going to manage being thrown into the deep end? But the amazing thing was that he shot off in distance and he had a big gap, but Lubega managed to close it down. And then at the time, I don't see it these days, there was this famous clothesline tackle where you pull someone, then when he's, then you just clap him down. Yeah. So <laughs> they say that Lubega pulled Lawrence, and then when he came to close him, he closed himself. Ah, so Felix nice. just went, Felix just fell he into the ground, so. and then Wakabi continued <laughs> and scored under the pole. So that was the first try that he scored. That was my first time I saw him. And then eventually, with time, uh, school finals, I think 2007, as well as 2006, he, he had a considerable role to play. He was an all-rounder in school. He used to play soccer and rugby. Uh, most of the times you'd be called all-rounder when you do that. And then also the fact that he was very athletic when it came to 200 meters, 100 meters, and then the 100 by 4 relay, uh, where the guy would exceptionally show that he was that guy. You would never you would never beat him in a race. I remember there was this time where Keno got <laughs> the baton before him and why they call him sailor is because he would run very, very calmly, but he, he didn't look like he was accelerating too fast. But for those who were being chased by him or whatever, he had that considerable pace that would eventually cut up to you, like how Sevoliver runs yeah. slow, but you see consistently increasing in pace. So Wakabi has always been that player. For those who watched him in high school, or even who watched his early days in club rugby, who has always been immense when it comes to his speed. Uh, I think one of the unique things about uh, the game at, at King's Park was that the ability he had in fielding. No King's Park, at times, with it wasn't really a windy day. It wasn't windy, it wasn't but, windy. but, but you never know have, how that ball that can should bounce. should have been the first sign that it's not going to be a good day for Pirates. Yeah, the, the wind <laughs> was not there. The you guys are not paying your judge. There's a team that puts on yellow <laughs> that we beat on a very hot day without <laughs> <Watch wind. there. laughs> I don't remember the name of the team. It's my mind sometimes. These days you have to pay your wind guy, your rain guy, I don't know which other guy. There's a guy of rain. The guys of rain, you know them. The rain guys. That's when the rain comes. We change to beer too. <laughs> we have You're playing New Zealand, only trains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the he, he fielded very well. Uh, also uniquely was the pass. Ruben always makes fun of me that I can't pass with my left, even that Kagaya Redo. But <laughs> Wakavi showed that even the left pass is still flawless as it used to be back in the day. And uh, you could see considerably in his uh, both attack and defense. He he played his uh, contribution quite well. I do feel that chance he got uh, on that he could have given us some 
in the in our glory days kind of memories mm. where he could have gone out and just taken him for sports day but i guess we'll never know that so it was a good show seeing seeing him after a very long time mm. uh he appears to have aged gracefully mm. and uh the fact that he could put wanyama and musa muonge at odds with each other mm. that they missed him in the tackle clearly shows that that Felix story must be true. So <laughs> it goes to show that um, he managed to, he had game awareness. I think that was his second offload in the game. Mm. The first time when he offloaded to, when when Atrinda tackled him, he offloaded to Echodu. Yeah. And then this time he also offloaded to Ajuko. And then he gave out the chicken wing to Monyani. So it was a Cobb's try that was orchestrated by three guys. Who managed to finish it, and then for one odd reason or another, they all went to the same school. So that's 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 basically what I could say about him. Yeah, well, uh, the highlight from that particular uh, game for Loris Wakabi, for those that were watching, uh, as Bruno had said, he has not seen Conrad Wanyama miss a tackle in a while, but instead he was uh, Loris Wakabi was able to duck a Conrad Wanyama uh, tackle, and. Conrad Wanyama instead tackled Musa Muonge. Yes. And the rest is history. Yeah. But um, away from Lawrence Wakabi. And now I want to ask Daniel this in particular. Um, looking at that weekend as we, we, we prepare to really let go of this, of this part of the conversation, um, I'll throw it, I'll put it out this way. Do you think uh, Cobbs won the game? Do you think Pirates lost the game or handed the game over? Talk about decision making in that game. Um, I think, to a greater extent, to a greater extent, I think Pirates lost the game. Because many times, towards the end of the game, Pirates was in Cobbs' 22. Now, mm. I give it up to Cobbs. They have improved tremendously with their defense, I think because of Makarama. Their defense is different this season. And you saw it from Uganda Cup, and you've seen it throughout the season. So yes, their defense has been really good. But they were... There were mistakes that were made by pirates at those crucial times that could have been easy tries. Mm. There, there were no cons, there were decisions that were made, which personally I don't think Damile, for example, instead of going for a penalty, we went for a line out, wanted to go for, for the win, yet we could have first done the, the easier part, getting the draw and then going for the win. Those are my personal opinions. Mm. I don't know what the players think about it or the coaches. Mm. So I feel like pirates lost it. But I also need to give credit to the Cobbs, which I rarely do. The Cobbs defended very well, and I think they used their strengths more. One of the things you notice about good teams is that they, they really concentrate on their strengths, whether yeah. it's Heathens, whether it's Cobbs, uh, even teams, the smaller teams. If you see Impis, they, they will die with their kicking because they know that's why they get their points. Even Rams, holding even Rams will hold you up. Yeah, Rams will hold you up the entire day. <laughs> they hold you up the entire day. They will play quote unquote dirty. Mm. So, and I think that's sometimes what what helps teams to go over the top. Although in games that are tough, you also need to change with, change strategies within the game. For example, during the Cobbs Pirates game. Pirates is a team that's very good with its hands, so they're going to move that ball. And they have enough set plays for that. A point reached where Cobbs stopped pressing. What it was doing was just sliding. Because they knew we can just slide these guys, they're going to pass it, we slide it. They tried to beba, we are there. That's, that's something we can manage. Mm. So they also are able to track that within the game. And I think from those who had the sound 
soundtrack from within the game, I think the leadership that came from Ian Munyani and uh, Adrian also helped that to happen because those are really game in-game situations. But I think it was for Pirates to lose. I think it was for Pirates to lose, in my view. Okay. Um, I think even even mm. even the substitution game. Okay. Or uh, the game, the substitutes for Hobbs came in and did what they could do, the best they could do, save the day. Um, if you see how Chiwalabi came in, mm. the defense became good. Tuck was increased, and the ball wasn't now moving further into their box. Um, even when Derek Muchiga came on. You saw how he defended. The Pirates at some point were, were, were near the try line, but it was all about swinging, but they couldn't get there. Um, a defense that I think a new, a new boot, a, a new boot had to put on because the others were a bit tired, I would say. But Mochiga came in at the right time when they needed to defend and at least draw, but not lose mm. by, by a try. And I think. That was a credit to their technical bench, and that to take the day. Okay, that's uh, interesting. So remaining with you, uh, Bruno, Pirates fan on loan to Cobbs. I'm not loan. <laughs> <laughs> I just lost a wager. Uh, <laughs> so remaining with you uh, on this particular topic, um, one thing we saw come up um, from Sunday to Monday to Tuesday, maybe trickling into today as well, was. The online banter. We, it's something we have spoken about. Um, what do you think about these past few days? Do you think... Because there's where people have been, I think, what they say, Bakutere say, they have been keeping you guys. You know, you guys... Of course, we have Hippo's fans who are always known for their... They are out those, of the line. Those but, ones um, never relax. But there is no formula for them. You don't know whether mm. you lose, whether you win, whether you... Mm. They don't care. But I also think they are funny banter. They're, they're really funny. Their admin has... Very bright band. It's kind of new. He's a, he's a funny guy. It's funny. <laughs> of course, some of the fans go overboard, which, yes. which is normal in sports that some fans yeah. do. But the admin himself is extremely yeah. funny. So, uh, but pirates, uh, pirates fans are also notorious for bringing the sauce when they win. Especially <laughs> these guys can give. Eh? So, this 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 particular few days, um, we have seen them being uh, put in on the ropes and now given a little test of their own medicine. Uh, Do you think there was a point where it went overboard or is banter just banter? If you dish it, you should be able to take it. No. One thing that we've always said, dear man, banter is only nice if you're serving it. Mm. The time you're on the receiving end, you have to feel it and you have to allow it. Um, To me, I think Pirates Pirates fans are guys who will even bookmark your tweets. Wow. Keep you for a season. That very night of the game. Sounds like you're talking about coach. Jude Mugabe. <laughs> no, I won't. Jude has that habit. <laughs> no, Jude has the best. Win. They keep things for years. Uh, but Jude still <laughs> is, a, is a reader and he has nice archives. He will yeah. still... He will even outsmart you if you want to add. I think so. I think Jude has an account that he blocked on WhatsApp where he just puts all his. I think things. that's what happens. <laughs> you just block an account on WhatsApp. You put your your, your guys and you even favorite and say. This one is this okay. That sounds you like wait. something you do. <laughs> I, I've been told about it. Some have you tried it yourself? I want to try it out. You haven't yet tried well. it. Yeah. So, so um, the cops banter was, eh, but uh, you know, even most, at of the the, start, most of the source came from hippos. Yeah, even at the start, 
you know, Cobbs, Cobbs guys had been talked about as guys who won't banter you. It will be a game after they will go home. Even their cheer is not that loud during like the game they day. Have the much as they attend their games, uh. but it was way different mm. from the game. Guys were there. Mm. I don't know where they got energy from. They were cheering right from the start. Even uh, even as players were in the tunnel, mm. which was good for the game environment and everything. Um, even online, some guys were brave enough to send some banter, the Cobbs guys, but I still have a feeling the, the Cobbs guys that, that, sent, that, that sent some tweets were guys who have been pained from last season because they lost home and out pirates. <laughs> and we had them, we had them last season. Cops so, bored like heathens fans and then hippos banter. It's like yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. I don't know if that's all <laughs> you they have like. Money. To do. You use yeah. it. Yeah. They told you guys that they have their old rich uh, fans uh, who yeah. take tea. Those yeah. are yeah. 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 But then there's also there's, there was also some boring banter, man. Of course yeah. there is. Uh, I don't know if guys Still are just banter. not used to banter. Name and shame. Name and shame. Guys, we are talking People about. Uh, guys, we are talking about. I mean, they were fronting Queens Park. What's that? <laughs> if you I'll, the I'll own it. let me tell them let me tell those guys that do <laughs> Queen's Park. Yeah. I'll use the Tamale Mirrors theory. Yeah. It's uh it's like a a guy who has been renting Bogolovi flats since yeah. the nineties. Yeah. And is renting a cousin's apartment. Yeah. <laughs> but he's laughing at a former neighbor who has built a country home in Busika. Yeah. You can never be at the same, <laughs> same line. <laughs> okay. So Queen's Park, Park is a, just a boring banter. So you mean tomorrow you may put a building at Legends and uh, teams won't have where to train. Is that what you train? Legends, would you guys give them an opportunity to use Kings Park slash Queens Park? They would first tell us. The assurance is that would banter them. That's the first part. Before we <laughs> go into letting <laughs> them higher we might ground, just, we might just send them off to Busamba. But we can put them on a the small pitch at the side. Yeah, we have they could pitch, actually. Yeah, yeah. Train we can demarcate. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so we we are up with that. Um, but banter was was good. Mm. I saw some. There's some people some that still who feelings. feelings and blocked. Do you do you think yeah. it it was right? Do you think they were right to do so? Because no. they can argue out the fact that you know what, uh, as you can hear, what the sound that's going on there's an announcement passing Edwin. Uh, probably you'll attend that event that they are announcing. <laughs> but anyway, going back to what you was get saying, a VIP ticket. A VIP ticket. Can argue out uh, mental health in these things. So. At what point do we say now it is banter, now this is mental health, now this is mental health, now this is banter? Hmm? The, I, I have a feeling hmm. the person who feels the pain of banter first is one who doesn't even tweet or respond. That person hmm. has swallowed the hot stone. But if you if you start engaging banter, hmm. meaning you're, you're in for something hot. And I think what people need to remember is that on social media, especially for like Twitter, the people there, you, you don't know each other. Yeah. Right? You don't know each other. So even when I'm, for example, if I'm bantering Edwin yeah. or, or, or Chumo or yourself, I know I know where to stop because mm. you're my friends and I know you well. I'll say, this is too far, this didn't go too far. But on social media, there's a guy who, 
I don't know why he is. You don't know what sort of day he's having. So he's just going to go. Breakfast. Yeah, yeah, I know. You don't know what's happening in his life. With dirty, <laughs> dirty feet. He has <laughs> blue balls. I, I, can, so, I can challenge some. I can challenge so, some. I think if we, you say banter has now affected you, I can bring a tweet where you also sent to them when you beat them. Me, I'll just quote Julius Malema where he said, yeah. Twitter is very tough. <laughs> if you can't handle, stay off. <laughs> anyway, at the end of the day, man, when you when you yeah. feel it's too much, you, you mm. first leave it. You, know, yeah, you take a back seat. Yeah. Yeah. Take a back seat. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Let's leave the Twitter conversation. I mean, um, coming back to you, Edwin. Uh, the Women's League culminates this weekend at uh, at the various grounds, but... I think the big one is at King's Park Arena. We have seen uh, the Black Pals that have been in top, top form. Uh, last weekend, they played against the Avengers, the one team that has been able to give them a run for their money. Mm. Um, the Avengers had won the Uganda Cup. Uh, the Avengers, as per our previous space, um, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Coach Helen said that it had been a minute since they won 15s game against Avengers. Uh, but earlier in the season in Entebbe, a game that I was privileged to watch, uh, they were able to um, overcome the stubbornness of the Avengers in the first half and then stretch the lead. I mean, the score could have uh, seemed a little flattering for them, but it was quite the contest. Now, come second leg, when the Avengers made the visit to Black Pearl's uh, home ground, the Kings Park, they, the Avengers came to play. And they dominated for close to uh, 69, 70 minutes. Mm. And then it was in the last 10 minutes that, um, that the Black Pals actually figured out what they needed to do and how, what they needed to push through, of course, with the clutchness of uh, Emily Lekuru. Yeah. But um, looking at that game, they are unbeaten so far. Another thing that uh, perhaps uh, Coach Helen has talked about is the Thunderbirds that have been their toughest opponent this season, which was a tight game in the first, um, in the first leg. That finding that the Thunderbirds really use a lot of their, their forward play, their big girls, I should say, to dominate. And that's an aspect I think that is a weakness a little bit for the Black Pearls. But they found a way to win still. So they have been unbeaten so far, and they uh, finalize um, the league this weekend against Thunderbirds at Kings Park, they already have the trophy secured. But do you think um, that Thunderbirds can spoil that party? Oh, man, me, I'm a Chadi guy. Thunderbirds, we're going to win that game. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, Chadi now, Chadi is wider. Mm. You get it? Eh? Wider now, than... That, I think it's wider. Maybe, it, maybe it appears to be wider. Maybe no, I could be wrong. But, but KPA wider. looks a little bit compact. Now, going into a compact field... I, I, I would I would really much trust uh, the the Thunderbirds to depending on how they swing the ball after their collusions would be very very important. Um, I also watched uh, the first leg of Thunderbirds versus Black Pearls at Chadi, and you could see that when it came to scrum downs, it was uh, totally a Thunderbirds affair. They were pushing, mm. and they were they were even calling them out one two. If it was in the NBA, that would be a technical foul. Yeah. They were like whenever they would push them, they would say one two one two, up to the point where they would uh, send the ball out to their backs. So they they have majority of the starters would say uh, both Avengers and uh, Thunderbirds have the majority forwards starting in the for the national team 
maybe maybe Lydia Namaviru comes in for for pirate for Black Pulse, I think on the other side of the flank, but it's mostly dominated by those two clubs. So going into this game, the Thunderbirds, what they will need to regroup on, particularly would be focusing on their forward dominant play, and then perhaps neutralizing uh, the threat out wide mm. or when it comes to, to Emily, Helen, and. Um, and um charlotte. charlotte yes uh the key thing now what they would need to do also from a perspective of of, of thunderbirds is 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 how their backs will carry the ball as well mm. going into contact it's not enough to just rely on forwards all the time they could easily tire out yeah and uh considering their regime in terms of fitness black pulse even despite the fact that they are being sh- shoved in the scrum downs they would still come back mm. and 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 still uh, contest on uh, on on scrum downs so i think that's going to be the very most important part of the game mm. uh from a thunderbirds perspective if our forwards the big forwards uh ivo najuma at young at young even uh patricia nena can anek sorry can uh, push and dominate the scrum uh, scrum battle and open play, particularly contact, to be very, very important. Mm. And then maybe from a Black Pulse perspective, how uh, when you're faced against a side that is quite big, how you tackle low and make sure you try your best legally to slow down the ball at the rack. Mm. That is going to be very, very important for them to, to be able to challenge. Mm. But I, I do believe uh, that if Thunderbirds... Uh, can manage the scrum collisions and open play collisions very well, uh, they have a chance of winning that game. Okay. Bruno, um, you have been particularly intentional about watching the Black Pals whenever you had the chance this season. Um, what has really stood out for you about those ladies and how they play the game and how they carry themselves as they go to win yet another trophy? Um, I'm a staunch Black Pals fan. Um, uh, the biggest fun I have with the Black Pals is how some of these girls have started rugby as I watch them. Mm. Uh, some There's a point when some would be out because of school, but now they would appear back when they're in the senior four vacation. Now now some going into, into the senior six vacation and they are more available. Mm. Uh, and to me, I think Black Pals from way back, like like we've already said, they were more of a, of a seven side from mm. the start. Yeah. And uh, they have they've, they've they've really not matched the other two rivals in Avengers and Thunderbirds in terms of forwards and size. Um, you can you can even tell from when they're walking in the tunnel. But wait, is it because of especially for their forwards? Is it? Because of like the age difference, or because you said most of them are still studying, so and for the forwards, or is it just the way they recruit is different? The recruitment and the and the and the and the, the longevity of the clubs, I think. Because mm. if you see the forwards of Chadondo, uh, I mean Thunderbirds, mm. been at Chadondo for some good time, based there. Thunderbirds is the oldest, uh, is the older in this in this case of Thunderbirds versus Avengers, so. Also, it's it's of late that now some some big forwards are coming in in for for, for the Black Pals. 
but going into this game, which will be a title decided at Kings Park, I'll be there. I'll be in a Black Pulse shirt as usual. Not a shirt. That one is only for today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just need clarity on we these should, things. We, we should <laughs> have even like specified the, the the number of minutes I should be in it because <laughs> <laughs> you're you 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 know, really <laughs> talking about men do is lie. Yeah. So uh, the Black Pulse game, I see Black Pulse starting the game on a higher, mm. on a momentum. Of course, they will play from behind because they have the best pack in the league. In their in their league, um, I will see more swinging of the ball, or uh, by Coach Helen towards Lekuru, because you you trust Emily really. If you give, if you give her the ball with her pace, even the brilliance, and the fact that she's home now, she knows. You know how they say there's a there is a Wokorach. Mm. A Woko score at Chadi. Mm. There's also a, mm. <laughs> there's also a Lekuru Emily Kono at Kings Park. Yeah. So I see more tries coming from that side. And to me, if the Black Pals play from behind and score like three or four tries, maybe mm. in the first half, they will have owned the game because they can defend. Or it's more of concentrating on the forwards because Thunderbirds have a perfect forward. The forwards who even play for the national team, all of them. So it will be good tackles and Black Pals have the tacklers. Helen mm. will tackle you very well. Charlotte will tackle you. Lydia will tackle you. Rachel mm. Mfua will tackle you. Mm. Grace Auma will tackle, tackle you. Yeah. So I see, I see them tackling more and not giving them more space into, into gaining meters into the box, which will make them tired. And now they can start swinging. They can start swinging. They can start swinging and then we will have fun in the you game. Know, you know one of the mistakes the Black Pals made during the game against the Avengers is mm. that I think because of the pressure of the game, they were going for PDs. Now that's not a, that's not the Black Pals game. Yeah, so yeah. I think either the pressure of the game or they were drawn into it. You know how sports sometimes someone draws you into playing what they are playing. Yeah. It was until those last minutes where they remembered, no, this is not actually how we play. And we don't need PDs. We need to move our ball, swing it, get spaces. And run and got three yeah, trades exactly. in about uh, to 11 me, minutes. With their strength of the back and speed and tackles, they have start on a higher note. Yes, they start with momentum because they relaxed at the start of the game, and Avengers were taking them mm. in the last game. Mm. Not until now, some forwards and centers got tired. The Avengers centers and mm. forwards, and now they could swing and have fun because mm. they the comeback was like in the seventh first minute. Wow, you can imagine. So. I see, I trust Coach Helen and the technical team there and they are training hard, that I can assure you. And to me, I see, I see Black Pals defending the title. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. No, but this is not a wager. You guys might get me in a skirt. Man has a wager <laughs> PTSD right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway... Um, one thing before we leave uh, this particular topic, and I just want to throw it out there for whoever thinks they, they have a thought about it. Four teams in the women's league, um, one of them they use really out here just to get more exposure, very, very young girls, but credit to Rams who uh, took the initiative to have a women's side. And that's so great. 
So they've um, and that's the youth will be traveling to Entebbe uh, to face the Avengers. They have not won a single game and they have been really conceding big. But that's not the problem. The problem is how are we going to be able to add more teams to this women's league? Maybe six, maybe eight. So these teams can actually get a test of what an actual league is like. Um, perhaps playing um, 14 games in a season if you're, if you're eight, eight uh, teams. And how will they get, how would we build more women's teams? How do we build the player base of women's rugby in Uganda? There needs to Let be a faster drive. There needs to be a drive, uh, an aggressive drive towards uh, having women's rugby uh, considered majorly from union perspective. They did well uh, last year by making it a, a, a force. They gave them their tournament and, uh, and uh, managed to push it as much as they could. Um, and I think also now it comes down to the male clubs as well. Uh, if they can, if we could have, for example, a side now in Ginger, I may be naive or wrong. There may be a women's side in Ginger, but if we could have the clubs in Ginger set up something, uh, we know in Bali there's a club. Um, have Cobbs is working around, I think Panthers, yeah. something like that. If we can have as many clubs coming up with uh, teams that women can uh, join in, then it also brings in the question of how the schools can also enter and contribute to their discussion. So it just comes down to those particular aggressive things and then seeing how they, once there's, there's a big market for that, then we could have um, sponsors jump on board. Yeah, I also think even um, from a schools league perspective, having to entice more schools to take part in, um, in, in women's or let's say girls rugby, I mean, um, Mr. Biziman at the other time was telling us a story about how he was trying to convince the ladies of Nabisunsa to play, uh, play rugby, but then the support wasn't there. So um, I think that's also another aspect that um, the authorities uh, need to really dig into, that how do we avail some resources, um, some um, uh, personnel <clears throat> to be able to go have a conversation with these schools, be able to also hold clinics, it can even start with just tag, tag, tag rugby, touch rugby, and then start growing um, from schools. And schools doesn't necessarily mean only secondary. It can be from primary level with tag rugby going up into secondary. But I, I feel like with what you have said and maybe with schools, uh, with, uh, yeah, schools rugby, it would uh, be a good avenue. Because I, that's, I think, one of the things that really did, did not sit right with me, that why do we have a league? of only four teams and that is a national um, um, league so it, it, it just didn't sit right with me granted there are some other regional competitions as well but definitely the stronger ones are here in the central yeah yeah but anyway um i think now we just need to jump a little bit into the sevens um <laughs> we have particularly had um, a team released um, just to maybe peruse through it, uh, Ian Arnold Munyani, who's, uh, who's there, Desire Ayera, Alex Aturinda, Michael Korach, Nobat Sexton, Okeng, Adrian Casito, Aaron Ofoyroth, Timothy Kisiga, Dennis Etuao, Mubarak Wandera, Hosanna Opeleni, Timothy Mugisha, William Lukwago, Yasin Waiswa, Otai Ivan, Aaron Tukei, Philip Okorach, Alan Olango, Mark Osuna. 
Uh, Daniel, I don't know if you've had a chance to um, pay attention to the Sevens, but what really has caught your eye about the Sevens team that has been released? Um, I think one of the things they have tried to do in the setup that they have, uh, the people that they have called for the training is they are trying to have a bit more inclusiveness, to bring more players on board. I think the idea is to have a bigger pool of Sevens players. Yeah. If you noticed... Last year, one of the things teams were complaining about, especially those that didn't have people in the setup, mm. uh, I had a couple of people's fans and and impis complaining about how their players were having stellar seven seasons, yet they hadn't been called to the setup. Probably the union sat down with the coaches and said, let's bring these ones in a bit more. Let's give them a chance to play and see if indeed what they say are... Uh, selectiveness of who they take to be true. We were fortunate enough to see some who are included in the last uh, Invitational Sevens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think they played well. Yeah, they played well. Yeah. Uh, alleviate us losing. I think they played well. They also mm. got that experience. Yeah. So, And in general, of course, it's good for rugby. If you notice, most of the players that go for the Sevens training mm. come back much better players in terms of ability to tackle the ability to pass the ball, and the ability yeah, to think in very confidence. Yeah. yeah, and the confidence in which they play. Mm. So plus the fitness, plus the fitness, of yeah. course, they are very, very, very fit players. So I think the selection was okay. Every team that every team had major players being taken from it, be it Pirates, Cobs, Evans, Hippos, Impies. Everyone had a few players who have been taken from it, and so it's going to be interesting to see the last twelve, I believe. Will go. We know they are last 11 actually because there's few mm. who's already going. Out of yes. the 18, we wonder how many of the 11 will be taken. Yeah. Um, there's one thing that has been echoing. Actually, it's no longer echoing. It's, it's really being sung. Um, now that uh, we're not going to have the sevens players feature for the clubs until I don't know when. But. Uh, Pirates fans are seeming to complain or, or, or say that they contribute a lot to that Sevens team, which in, on the other hand leaves them depleted um, with many of their key players for the, uh, for the league. Um, what are your thoughts about that, Bruno? Do you think that's a valid cause? Do you think, especially with, with Pirates now in the run um, for the, the league title, do you think that's a valid call from Pirates fans to say, or should their be players ready to take up the mantle as and when uh, many play, uh, other players are called upon? Um, I think one, one thing that maybe a club or club management or the technical bench would be proud of is seeing the boys, most of the boys that have been training get national team call-ups. It's just, it's just good for the club. Well, the technical bench would be proud of that. Mm. Um, then also, these are our boys. Some of some of them are our friends. I mean, we would be happy for them also if they got call-ups. If there is any player starting out and is more determined than playing rugby, mm. one thing that if you ask him or her, what do you look up to in this game of sport that you're choosing? He will tell you, maybe one day, I dream to represent my country. Mm. So a call-up is, is pride for the player. I'm sure the parents are, 
are really happy because most of these boys are young. Yeah. Uh, you can imagine how old Chisiga went, got got his first call up. His I brothers, remember, these big brothers, were instance, yeah, was, were really happy. Was eighteen exactly. Mm. And Kisiga was also 18 because he joined the year before Desire and is probably a year older than Desire. Mm. So, um, I believe the complaint... Oh, okay, Pirates have been the biggest contributors of, to the Sevens national team. Uh, but uh, I don't know if my fellow fans will, will, will be happy saying this. Uh, I'm saying it not because I'm in, I'm in a Cobbs jersey. <laughs> but I think the pain of contributing more boys to the to the to the national team is seeing at the possibility of who will go in their spaces. Yeah. You can imagine someone that will move and shake the, the defense like Alex Atrinda has been doing. Someone that will carry the ball like Desire Ayera has been doing. Not like we don't have other players. We have brilliant players. The fans are complaining because they are like, now who? No, but all they have to do is keep calm. Uh, they should know some players are coming back. Massa is coming back into the game. He's now okay. Uh, we have another player making a major return. I won't say his name. We saw, we saw, we saw. Uh, saw. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I, I don't think it's, it's all about worry, really. Players are just, I mean, the fans are worried, but... Uh, Pirates has never suffered with numbers. It's just you trust the coach and the management and the technical bench to play the boys, to get them ready mentally and fit enough to play the roles that the big boys have been playing. And to me, I don't see a really big gap. I still see, even with the four going, let's see if all the four are selected, but I believe they will be. I still see Pirates winning some of their games. Actually, most some of their games. games. All their games. <laughs> yeah, until the boys return. The, yeah. Even Shadi. The even Shadi of the chat is working. Yeah. Even Shadi. Yes. Yeah. But by the time uh, by the time we play Heathens, I think they will be back. No. Will they be allowed to play? It I seems they're out for the entire season. They won't be back by the time Heathens play Cobb. Mm. They'll be back even when we play them, but whether they will allow them to play is And that's the thing. But still, I see Pirates winning the games with a bonus point. Just to add to what he mm. has said, it's a bit of a catch-22 because the players that we have in the seventh setup, mm. some of them have become as good as they are because they're in the seventh setup. Right. For example, Alex has improved tremendously in this one year that he has really gone for the tournament. So, of course, I think he started being in the setup from 2021, mm. yeah. but then he was just training. But this year that he has played, he has like gone off. And yeah. even if you see the, if you see Desire, Kisiga, William... All those who have been there, they played differently. Mm. Mubarak now. Mubarak now. One of the reasons they played differently is because they have been in the seventh setup. So yeah. it's a bit of, if they were not there, would they be as good as they are now exactly. that we have them? And of course, as you had mentioned earlier, we all know that, again, to be honest, club rugby doesn't have uh, much funds. A lot of times players play this sport because they love it, because they love, and because maybe they want to win a Uganda, uh, want to win something and well, that they can take out of rugby which is different on the national team. Mm. It has a bit more funds and players are able to get quite the sum of money vis-a-vis -vis what they get. From a fan's perspective, you'd love them to be there. But then you look at it from their own perspective of if I was a player and had this opportunity, then what would I do? Mm. So I think that's where we are. But again, as Bruno has mentioned, the people who are there to play, 
are good enough. Are they are not as good as the ones who have gone? That one will be very honest. But if they pushed, they could actually have very good results. And it applies, it applies to, to all the call-ups and the rest. Yeah, yeah in all the teams, it's not only yeah, us. It doesn't I mean, necessarily that's, mean that it's only Pirates that is... That has lost. Exactly. No, you yeah. can imagine how Aaron mm. has been instrumental in all the games of events. Yes. Yeah. And he has to go. Then their captain is also going. Yeah. Mike mm. Wokos is also going. also going. Then their now top squad of tries. Exactly. Is also going. So, now, you, you, you might say, ah, events are going to struggle. And I'm sure they won't. They have the numbers. You just have to trust the bench, uh, rather the management and what they will do with the available talent, and they will bring results on the pitch. Because either way, it's not the first time to happen. This has happened always, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think one of the things, Edwin, we need to look at as we start to think about closing is schools league. Just to touch on it a little bit. Um, this particular weekend, we'll be having Hannah versus London College. Uh, we'll be having... Where is the game? Yeah. It's going to be at Hana. Uh, Marcos versus Budo. That will be at, the, at Graveyard, Makere, and uh, St. Peter's Nalia taking on Light Academy. That will be at King's, King's Park, Park, where they hold, uh, they host their games from. But the big one, Emiliango makes a trip to Entebbe Road. Mm. That's, that's the one I want Smart. to Smack. Oh, <laughs> fireworks. In a few minutes, like a story about you and your experience with Smack. I know you have played them a lot more than I did. Especially Ngo being away. Yeah. Yeah, the... How hostile is the environment for a young player in high school? Ay, man, man. Nerves, nerves can bang you. I remember, actually, also me the first major time I played against Mark was in my S6. Mm. That was in sevens. Uh, we reached the final. And uh, it had, the, the team had players like Daniel Otega, Ivan Magoma at the time, uh, Kasule, Achila. I don't know where that guy is right now. And uh, our team at the time was a little bit depleted. We lost two players in, in the semifinal against Eaglets, the smart junior team, they, I don't know if they came to deliberately injure our guys or what, but <laughs> we, we also entered the final when we were, we were a little bit short. Dexter, uh, Dexter, I think, um, had his, his jaw kind of dislocated. And then Fanwell, I think, got an issue with his leg. So we, we came up, we, we played uh, rather not how we would want to play. And uh, a long story short, we lost that game. But the thing about smack is that uh, once you put your marker down mm. uh, as a school or as a team, their fans will keep quiet. Standard. Once you put the marker down very early into the game, they will always keep quiet. They will have nothing to say. They will just keep quiet. They will just uh, maybe shout praises when you hit someone or whatever. Mm. But at that point, they will allow that these guys are beating us. Mm. So... Uh, for Namiango's sake, all they need to do is just go there and lay the dominance in the first 15, 20 minutes. And then that's when they can get the the, the points that they want. Uh, from Also, now you have to consider the fact Entebbe, it's a little bit hot, uh, not necessarily humid per se, maybe even dry air. So uh, I don't know how the guys will be training for it. And smart, their thing is that they are rather fast when it comes to is it Kashera rugby or something? They have they are very fast on the rucks and yeah. pull the ball out very quickly. The fact they're at home, they'll be making a lot of noise. So we have to prepare ourselves for an environment where you 
have to be very, very calm. And as all school games go, uh, the key thing is to maintain composure in such games. These are games that are determined by three points, five points, two points, one point. So decision-making is very, very important when it comes to both teams. There may be pressure on either side to lay the marker very quickly, but whenever the team that always shows the most composure in defense and attack always wins those games. Okay. Usually, what shows usually sorry to cut you. Usually, when what do, what happens, like what what happens in a game, especially like at the beginning, yeah. where as a player or even as someone watching from outside, do you say this is going to be a very long day today? Yeah. Uh, why it's going to be a long day is uh, there usually are three things that can happen. One, your star player can get hit properly, mm. and then the other fans start. Yeah. You get it? Eh? The yeah. fans start. And I think the most beautiful thing about schools rugby are the chants. Yeah. The chants. I think that's why I would also want to go and watch that game on Sunday. <laughs> the chants are epic. Right. So when they bang your guy, man, the whole school starts chanting. <laughs> They'll say, we're really buddy, buddy boy. I'm like, man, what's up? I'm really this bad? What's up? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's very best. So when your star player gets hit, uh, that first tackle, that and you know high school, they really want you to carry to kill, and take yeah. him through the guy. So when you tackle the guy and you put him down, ah, that guys chance. are like, yeah, that's our guy. Then um, a moment of skill or brilliance, a handoff, a sidestep. Sidestep. Now, those are the things that are going to make guys go crazy. Yeah. And as a side that is playing at uh, smack, you have to be very, very composed because, man, even me, I remember, my mm. dust me on the week. <laughs> six, oh, man. I feel so embarrassed. He dust me on the week, then he passed to the wing outside and they went and scored a try. So it shows you that when it comes to playing at smack, you have to be very, very composed. Uh, keep keep calm. It's very, very important that you keep calm no matter what the score is. Right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um. Just let us know your predictions about that game. Um, Namiriang, obviously, uh, I think it will be the score of like 17-8. Uh, uh, it will be more than... Uh, it will be a two-score game win for Namiriang. Smank will have to score twice to win that game. I don't see them, I don't see them have a chance of winning that game. Gentlemen, do you care to uh, put in your predictions for that, Bruno? You have not been, you're not having a really I've, good record, but uh, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've not, I've not been watching schools rugby really. I haven't watched it in a long time. Um, the only the game I was supposed to watch, I ended up going for the under twenty national team trials. I heard you had, mm. had clothes to wash. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was really busy the weekend. <laughs> girlfriend, eh? <laughs> no, but uh, I'll I'll instead predict the 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 league games. Okay. Um, I'll start with the. We're going to talk about the league games. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, as we finalize this, let's just really jump into um the league. There's been considerable reshuffles. Um, at the top, we see now it's the Cobs in the lead. Um, the Heathens have crept into second position. Um, I'm sure they were banking for that loss against the uh, for the Pirates. That's why they probably sent the the chest to uh, they, they chased them away from the main game to go and watch the other game. Yeah. Um, Pirates in third, and then at the bottom, also considerable change. Now we're seeing Rhinos after that very big win against Mongas, leapfrog uh, Rams into ninth position with Rams going to tenth. Mongas for some reason have not been consistent, and uh, they have mostly been poor. 
they find themselves in eighth. The Barbarians, as uh, uh, Coach uh, Leo told us, they are hardlining on on uh, perhaps going up, but if all comes to the worst, they want to stick to that seventh position. And then the middle of the park sees Impis, who yet again lost to the Buffaloes in fourth. Um, the Hippos in fifth, they seem to be now getting their stride going. And then the Buffaloes also got a vital win in sixth. So, um, looking at these particular scores, I mean these particular standings, I want um, just a couple of predictions from you. Bruno, I'll start with you in, in that regard. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, thoughts on uh, the particular... You had some games you wanted to start with in mind, so I don't want to affect your rhythm. Let's go with... What I'll you're start with my game. Mm. Uh, Pirates will host Impis. I see a Pirates win with a bonus point. Uh, can I predict the score? Yeah, you're welcome. If you want, if you want, I just told you one thing. Keep in mind, your record is not the best right but now. Thirty-two, thirty-two, eleven. Thirty-two, eleven. Yeah. Okay. With a bonus point, proper. Yes. All kicks proper everywhere. One. Proper one. Okay. Good. Um, I also the others I can just say. Hobbs rhinos. Hobbs rhinos. Uh, rhinos just got. They they haven't been performing well. They mm. got their first win of, first win of the season just last weekend mm-hmm. over the over the Mongas, but still Cobbs are now on a, on another level, they are at the top, they can't afford to drop, mm. and they can't afford to lose, or even win without a bonus point. So they are giving them, they, the, the game, the, the Cobbs score will be in the 50s. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Danny, do you see a cha- uh, Walukuba upsetting the heathens at Chadondo? <laughs> why, why are you guys laughing? Why are you no, guys laughing? Why are you laughing? No, I'm laughing because the way Waluku was going to beat heathens. So <laughs> why are you guys laughing? Why are you guys laughing? <laughs> I I just want to get your laughter. Okay. <laughs> now, anyway, I I hope Waluku can make one try. I think that will be something for them to do. Okay. But um, they had a very and, nice highlight over the yeah. weekend. There's a guy they could be able to give furniture. I don't know if you guys saw the clip. <laughs> Waluku well, actually really, good. Well, look know, they call them the gym team. I don't yeah, know why they call them the gym team. But I it think seems they are like, working out. Yeah. Well, Coach Leo said that he's targeting one point from that game, which means a losing bonus point. Uh, that huh? is, I credit him for being somewhat realistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it also is it poses a task that he has to keep his side in line with uh, whatever heathens will put on on the board. Keep in mind, all three of the top teams now are thinking points, bonus point. Points, bonus, bonus, bonus point. Yeah, so um, uh, Edwin, I'm going to ask you to give me your thoughts about Buffaloes and Mongas. Oh, that's Mongas a nice make game. the trip to Chardon. Yeah, uh, that one, uh, Buffaloes beat Impis. Uh, Mongas a little bit uh, altering. Uh, but I think they will try to put up competition in this one. Why well, I remember, I remember that what was it called? Is it warm up sevens mm, where yeah. Mongas came and smashed buffaloes eh? <laughs> at 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 Chadi. So I think we'll get some, our small revenge there. Uh, buffaloes will manage to to beat. Um, Ivan Odiambo went and told the Impis crowd to shh. So. Oh. We expect we expect oh. more of that uh, this weekend. Uh, we won't have around 2K, but uh, we do believe we have sufficient cover at the back. As long as our forwards can match up to the Mongas forwards and they're neutralized, I think we'll take that game. 
Yeah, a lot of responsibility in the hands of uh, Ivan Odiambo, especially in the absence of Aaron Tukey, who yes. has been very instrumental. And then um, I think I'll personally just talk about the hippos and rams. Really, it has been. I had a conversation with uh, Coach Lumu, who spoke about uh, the challenges. I think what hinting on what we spoke about in the space, how uh, teams in the lower tier of the table are always. You could say they pick a lot of players from them, which affects their development. Sometimes many of these players want to go to the bigger side, so they find themselves in a rebuild almost all all the time. But they make the tough trip to Ginger to play the Hippos, Hippos who are off a win against Walukuva. Um, I don't see them getting that win, in my opinion. I think um, the Hippos will be uh, winning that one. Um, yeah, basically that's with uh, predictions. So um, before we close, I'm just going to give you about a, f- a few seconds to just let us know. For those who are under wondering who Daniel Avasa is, tell us a little bit about yourself, then we can uh, perhaps tell the people bye-bye. Uh, mm. Yes, uh, as I said, I'm Avasa Daniel. Uh, I work with the Ministry of Education and Sports. I'm an avid rugby fan and a Pirates fan. What people don't know, though, is that the first team I supported was Heathens. Yeah. I knew that, the but long, I never want to say the, it. The long, story <laughs> short, the long story short was because in my A-level, there's a guy who came from Ugo who was my friend. Mm. He used to talk about Cobbs a lot. Okay. And so, But he, I got so tired of it. So I said, but why don't I support him? And purely because it, so it was like revenge sex. So that's what <laughs> um, uh, I think one of the things that preoccupies me, of course, is rugby in terms of thinking about it, how the game can grow how we can help players and how generally as a sport in Uganda it can go to greater heights. Okay, that's and great. And party? And? Which party? Political party or any party? Also preoccupied. I socialize a lot. Uh, I like people. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. Um, it's been a wonderful one. We could have uh, spoken a lot, but our time has reached to go for our... Um, evening snack at the Fred and Winnie B&B. Um, the fat cuts here along with Daniel Avasa. Um, we thank you for being a part of this. We always say, um, always connect with us on our various social media platforms. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell the world. And we have our weekly spaces as well. So much coming up. So look forward to that. As we also approach um, a few uh, months from now, we shall be approaching our one-year anniversary of the podcast candid rugby conversation so look out for that as well and um see you next weekend next week and the weekend of course for those that we meet around um cheers thanks for listening in share with us your thoughts from today's episode and don't forget to follow us on facebook instagram twitter and subscribe to our youtube channel